chapter 8, verses 35 through 37, and I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. And it just so happens that all of the worship songs you heard have been right on the money. Um, I was like, somebody been looking at my message notes. <laughs> Romans chapter 8, verse 35 through 37. Who shall ever separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Just as it is written and forever remains written, for your sake we are put to death all day long. We are regarded as sheep for the slaughter, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors. And we gain an overwhelming victory through him who loved us so much that he died for us. Today, I want to talk about you being more than a conqueror. More than a conqueror. Pastor Keenan, why do we need to talk about that? Why, why did the Lord see fit for you to bring this up, to talk about this at this point in this season, in this moment? Why is it necessary that we talk about being more than a conqueror? I believe that as we continue in life, we will have seasons. The Bible says as the earth remains, there will be seed, there will be time, and then there will be harvest. These are seasons. And he says, as the, as the earth remains, we will encounter seasons. For some of us, we are in what we call a mountaintop season where everything seems to be going right and, and we're in a great moment in our life and in a great season in our life. For some of us, we'll have a season where we're, where we're pushing up the mountaintop, where we're, we're, we're trying to make it. You know, there's still a, uh, some fight, there's, you know, but we're working our way up the mountain, and some of us will be in a valley season. Some of us will be in a valley season, and this season is where uh, it seems like you're fighting for every single day fighting for every moment. You're fighting for every breath. Anything that could go wrong seems like it is going wrong and, and that there is no hope, there is no victory, there is no joy in sight, and you're in the season of the valley. Jesus told us this would be the case. Jesus told us in Scripture this would be the case. John chapter 16, uh, verse 33. Jesus is talking to the disciples, and there's in this moment where he's talking to the disciples. And he gets to the end where he's no longer talking in parables, but he's, he's talking plainly. And he says, everything that I've taught you is so that the peace that is in me will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. This is a free one right here. This, this one's free, okay? He says the peace happens as your confidence and your rest is in him. All right. Come on now. Write that down. You'll catch that later. All right? 
For in this unbelieving world, you will. Not you might. Not, you know, depending on the day. Not, not depending on, you know, what, which way the, the cards shuffle. He says, you will experience trouble and sorrow. But, see, these are the kind of scriptures I like when there's a but there, because whenever you see a but in the Bible, that means you could disregard everything you saw before that and go to what they said after it. Whenever you want to say, baby, you like that? Yeah, but. No, she don't like it. It's whatever she said after is what you need to pay attention to. He says, you will experience trouble and sorrow, but you must be courageous, for I have conquered the world. I don't know what season you're in. But let me tell you, I can see your countenance. And your countenance often will describe what season that you're in. I know a lot of y'all think, Pastor is really busy. He's not going to know. He thinks that when I'm asking, when he asks me how I'm doing and I tell him that everything's fine, he goes on to the next person just assuming that everything's fine. The devil is a lie. God has given leaders spiritual discernment. Just a little tidbit. Whenever a pastor asks you, are you doing okay? He already knows that you're not doing okay. (laughs) He already knows. Discernment. And so as, I, as we walk around, as we, we, we get calls from people, as we see the countenance of our church, I just wanted to take it. This sermon is not intended to be a, a revelation for you. I'm not going to break down this, this particular part of Scripture, and you're going to see something that you've never seen before. That is not my intention today. My intention today is to remind you who you are. Because I I sense that somewhere along the fight, somewhere along the path, somewhere along the battle, I think you forgot who you was. I think you slipped up and forgot. Like my mama said, you must have forgot who you talking to. Somewhere along the line, you might have forgotten who you are. And so today, my desire really is just to remind you. John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says, in this world, you will experience trouble and sorrow. This is important because a lot of us base our walk and we base other people's walk on the season that they're in. If we're in a great season, we assume that we're close with God and the favor of the Lord is upon us and we're in a great portion of life. But as soon as something bad happens, as soon as it seems like we're going through all sorts of hell and, and the enemy is attacking our life and attacking our body and attacking our finances, then we must not be in a good season with the Lord. Or we see somebody else who's going through it and say, hey, you should have held on to the Lord a little tighter. No, the Bible says in this world you will experience trouble and sorrow. We will all experience a season of trouble and we will all experience seasons of sorrow. But just as the truth of having a difficult season is fact and apparent, so is what Jesus says next. 
John chapter 16, verse 33. This time I want to read it in the Amplified. He says, I've told you these things so that in me you will have perfect peace. In the world you will have tribulation and distress and suffering, but be courageous. Be confident. Be undaunted. Be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished. My victory is abiding. Okay, let me, let me break that down. He says, but be courageous. This word courageous in the Greek means amets. Okay? It means to be alert. It means to be bold. It means to be established. It means to be steadfast and not deterred. Okay, so he tells us that we need to be alert. We need to be bold. We need to be steadfast and we not need to be deterred. Why? You need to not be deterred. You need to be established. You need to be fortified because I have overcome the world. Okay, this word overcome. In the Greek, this word is decao and it means to prevail. It means to win one's cause. It means to be victorious in different and difficult circumstances. So he says, I need you to be alert. I need you to be steadfast. I need you to be not deterred because I have already won your cause. I am already victorious. I have already prevailed. In different and difficult circumstances, I have already won. I think you need to be reminded of who you are. Why am I telling you this? Because we can go through seasons. And for some of us, that season might be short. For some of us, that season may seem like an eternity. And it may seem like it just keeps going and going and going. And you're like, Lord, when is my mountaintop moment? When am I going to make it up the hill? When will I see it? It's one thing after another. It's sorrow after sorrow. It's tribulation after tribulation. God, I'm wondering if you're there. I'm wondering, am I still a believer? I'm wondering what's going on. And he says, you need to be courageous. You need to remember who you are. And what happens is while we're in this fight, while we're in these seasons, we forget our position. We forget who we are. We forget what we are. We forget our position. There was a time when, uh, when I first got here that I didn't watch sports and I really didn't want to watch basketball. My family is laughing because they know that. I felt like it was a waste of time. I was a rapper. I was from Atlanta. I didn't see the financial benefit of watching sports. Didn't want to watch it. But as a labor of love to my wife and to my family, I began to watch sports. Okay? The reason that I didn't watch it because I couldn't figure out who was who. Too many people on the screen. There's a ball. I know what's going on, but I couldn't. It's, it's too many. How am I supposed to know who's who? And, and how am I supposed to know who's winning and who's losing? But I begin to watch. And as I begin to watch, I begin to understand who was who based on their jersey. And then I learned what the score was. Consequentially, I learned who was winning and who was losing. But this time in sports, about 10 years ago, 
this time, the score wasn't always on the bottom of the screen. I just knew if I could look at the bottom right-hand corner, I could see who was who, and if I could coordinate what color was with who, then I would be all right. But at this time in sports, the score wasn't always on the bottom of the screen, so I needed to find another way to know who was winning and who was losing. And I figured in that season, how? I figured that I could learn who was winning and who was losing by looking at the bench. If I looked at the bench, I could figure out the team with the towels over their head, <laughs> the team that wasn't paying attention and they talking and they got their cell phones out and they, they having conversation, that's probably the team that's losing. But the team that's, that's on their feet, they jumping up, they, they shouting their guys down, they paying attention. You, it looks like they about to jump off, the, they about to explode off the sideline. 99% of the time, that is the team that is winning. What are you saying? The demeanors of the victors can always be identified. The demeanor of the victors can always be identified. Jesus is saying your posture must be bold. Your posture must be steadfast. Your posture must be undeterred. Why? Because your position is that you already have the victory. This is why when you see great players... Great players. I'm not talking about guys who, you know, have a couple good seasons and then you don't see them anymore. I'm talking about great players. When you see great players in any sport, you will notice that their countenance remains the same during the game no matter what the score is. Why? Because in their mind, they already know the outcome. In their mind, they have already overcome their enemy steadfast the whole way through because when they start the game they already know they won the game they already know in their mind they have already overcome the enemy and I want to remind you tonight that we are overcomers we already have the victory and it has already been written for all eternity that we already win so even in your valley moments even when you're going through what seems like an eternity of a valley moment, we are to be bold. We are to be steadfast and not deterred by the acts, by the, excuse me, by the attacks of the enemy or be moved by the season that we find ourselves in. You are not trying to get to victory. You already are at a place of victory. Anything that you encounter is to move you or to move your mindset from a place of victory to a place of defeat. To make you think that you're still trying to get the victory. No, the victory is already yours. It's already yours. And so when the enemy is attacking you, his desire is to move your mindset. Because if I can get you to think that you're still playing, then there's still a chance that I can win. But the checker flag has already been waved. The game has already been set and match. But the enemy is trying to convince you that you're still fighting. No, you have already overcome. You have already overcome. 
Jesus has taken away every power that this world had to defeat us. When he hung on that cross and he said, it is finished, he, the power of sin and death was defeated and there is nothing left to be said and done. He has conquered it for us. That's why he says, he says, for take, be courageous and be strong. Why? Because I have overcome the world. He's done it for us. We don't have to do it because he has already done it. We are already victorious. We are more than conquerors because he has overcome the world. Um, um, as an example, uh, I play, for those people who don't know, I play video games, okay? Um, y'all pray for me. Uh, I, I, I play video games, and there's a game that I like to play, and my, my, my nieces, my nephews, my family, we all play together, all right? Here's the thing. Um, I'm not great at the video games, okay? Uh, this particular game that we play, I'm not great at it uh, a lot. You know, every so often, you know, I'll show up, I'll get some W's, but, but, but not so much. However, uh, Xavier... Xavier right there is on the camera. Xavier is what we call a legend, okay? Uh, uh, this, uh, Xavier is what we call a legend. And what, uh, Xavier is classified as something called Team Carry, all right? Hashtag Team Carry. Pastor Keenan, what does that mean? I'll tell you what that means. It means that uh, Xavier is responsible for carrying his team, <laughs> i.e. me, Okay? <laughs> And sometimes we'll be like, Xavier, you need to talk to us. You need to communicate to us. Xavier is not worried about talking to us or communicating with us because he already knows that he's going to win. And so he waits for something to happen and he revives us and he pulls us back. And then we win. He is team carry, okay? He is the one that's carrying us. I don't have to worry about whether I'm going to win or not. When I'm playing with Xavier, why? Because I already know he's going to win. As a result, I win because he is on my team. Pastor Keenan, I think you fell off a little bit. No, 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 no. As a result, you win because Jesus is on your team. He has already overcome the world. He has already beaten the game and the next game and the next. Any game that the enemy tries to play, that Jesus has already won. And you win as a result of him, of you being on his team. Jesus, Jesus is team carry. Same thing the Lord spoke to Gideon and Joshua is the same thing. That Jesus is saying to us, Joshua's feet is, is, is facing this army, and it's, it's a, an immense army, and, and he's a, somewhere being scary, and, and, and he's the least of these, and the least of the least of these. And, and, and the Lord tells him, have not I commanded you? He like, you didn't hear what I said? Didn't I already say this to you? Have not I commanded you again? He says the same thing that Jesus says. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified or dismayed. Do not be intimidated for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 
Please understand, whether you're sitting here right now or you're watching this online, these last 10 words are the most important part of this scripture. Please understand, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is the trick of the enemy to get you to believe that God is not with you. That's the trick. Because if he was with me, then I wouldn't be going through this, right? If he was with me, then I wouldn't be walking through what I'm walking through. If he was with me, I wouldn't be facing such adversity. I wouldn't be having such sorrow. I wouldn't be going through what I seems like I've been going through forever if he was with me. But no, the scripture says, the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. And this is something that in your moments of the valley, because if you haven't had one, it is coming. So prepare, be prepared. And if you're going through this, understand it. And if you're already going through it, be reminded in our trials. When we feel like we can't go any further, when we feel like we, we just can't push another day and we can't understand what's going on, when life itself seems hopeless, we have to never let go of and keep this in the forefront of your mind. The Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. Yeah. But Pastor, you don't understand. I've, I've, I've uh, just haven't been praying like I should and and my faith isn't where it needs to be. And, and every day I wake up and I'm just not sure and I keep going with this back and forth. Uh, yeah, the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Another scripture says, I will not leave you nor forsake you. Trying to get y'all out of here on time. Okay. This is everything. This is everything. See, in our season of trouble, a lot of times we get overwhelmed. We get fearful. We get anxious because we have forgotten that the outcome of our situation doesn't even depend on us. You thinking it's you. You thought it was your wisdom Okay, whatever that might amount to. You thought that it was your strength. You thought it was your planning. If you could just figure it out, if you could just put it together, if you could just figure out a a way to make it work, you thought it was your ability that was going to get you through. It will never be enough. I don't care what your bank account says. I don't care how many letters you got in front or behind your name. I don't care how long you went to school. I don't care how many years you've been in, whatever you've been in, it will never be enough. It will never be enough. But God says, I will be with you wherever you go. It is his hand It is his moving. It is his presence that makes all of the difference in any and every situation that we face. It's him. It's not us. 
Acts chapter 17, he says, for in him we live and move and exist. In him we actually have our being. He makes the difference. Somewhere when we when we in the fight and, and, and we getting punched in the face and, and, and we, we, we on the ropes and we trying to make it happen, you, you trying to remember what it is that you need to do in your strength. And, and maybe if I do this and maybe if I, he says, no, 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 no. It's not you. It was never you. I brought you here. I sustained you. I continue to sustain you. I continue to wake you up and give you the very breath that you breathe. Maybe you thought that was just your lungs. Maybe you thought that your alarm clock would just wake you up. Go to a morgue and set the alarm clock off and see what happens. I give you the very breath that you breathe. The Lord, your God, is with you. In him we live and move and have our being. It is not us, but it is him that guarantees us our victory. We are victors. We are more than conquerors. This is our right. This is our legal status as believers. Pesky and I hear what you're saying, but it feels like defeat. It feels like I'm, I'm not winning. Actually, I look on every side and all I see is failure. I wake up every morning depressed and, and overwhelmed and in anxiety. I wake up every morning trying to figure out how am I going to take care of it. I wake up every morning trying to fandangle how am I going to work, work it out. So what do I do when I'm seeing something different, when my mindset of defeat starts to creep in. What do I do? What do I do? The first thing I would urge you to do is you need to understand the battlefield. Understand the battlefield. The issues that we will continually face in the valley the issues that we face as we push up the mountain will be battles that may indeed have a physical component, okay? There may be sickness, disease, illness, maybe finances. There will be a physical component, but make no mistake that the physical is a fruit of the spiritual. And that is where our battles are to be fought and won. Ephesians 6 says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the scheme of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. I need you to know where the battlefield is because you mad at somebody who you work with. You think that's the battle. <laughs> you, you looking at what's going on in your body and you think that's the battle. You thinking about what's going on in your finances and you think that's the battle. No, 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 no. You need to know where the battlefield is. Yeah. 
The enemy attacks the only battlefields that he has available. He says, I, I can't, you know, killing you is not it. That's not going to do nothing for me. You're already going to heaven. So what can I do? I can stop you from having an impact while you're here. If I can suggest it, right, and I can get it into your heart, and in turn that moves into your spirit, then it will produce in the natural. So what do I do? The enemy uses the mind. The enemy uses the art of suggestion. The enemy uses this, oh, I just, I'm just a very deep thinker. I'm just a creative person. Yeah, the enemy uses that. And he says, but what if, well, what do I do if my job is, what if I lose my job? And now you've gone down a whole path because of a suggestion of the enemy. I face this myself. I know this all too well. I'm preaching to myself. I shared with my wife one time. We, we have date nights, and, and I'm having a conversation with my wife, and I said, for some reason, I have these, these thoughts, and they immediately go to the worst-case scenario. If I could be just vulnerable, just real for a minute. I, I, I had this thought. I'm standing at the light, and I called my wife, and she didn't pick up the phone. And instantly my thought went to, what if my wife is dead? What if my wife has been murdered? How am I going to explain this to my kids? How am I going to wake up? And, and how am I going to face my kids? What are people going to think in a matter of seconds? I ain't even made a left at the light. I'm still at the light. But this is how the enemy works. And so what we need to do is we have to take capture. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. I need to give you tools because the Lord didn't give this to me for nothing. So I need you to have the tools. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. He says, we are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we are taking captive, we are taking every thought and every purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. Okay, 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 that, that was a lot. Okay. Um, the enemy uses these thoughts. And he brings these thoughts. And sometimes you can't stop these thoughts. And before you know it, you've gone down this, this place. So what do you do? You take captive. No. I stop in that moment. Father, I thank you that I plead the blood of Jesus over my wife. God, I thank you that you will protect her and that you will keep her. I thank you that you've promised me that she will live and she will not die. God, I thank you that, that all is well. I thank you that my family is safe and that they are. What am I doing? What am I doing? I am taking captive the thought that the enemy yeah. presented to yeah. me, and I am making it happen to the obedience of the word of God. Why, why, is that, why does that matter? Why, why, is that, why is that important? It is important because that's where the battlefield starts. And what happens is when we're getting punched in the face by the devil, and he's using these thoughts, and he's using... We forget... 
the tools that we have to combat the enemy. We have a whole arsenal. We have the victory. It is already assigned to us, but it is our decision and our choice if we choose to use the armor and the tools that God has given us. Some of us are walking in defeat because we refuse to use the tools that he has given us. You're going to war and you're getting beat up, but you refuse to put on your armor. You refuse to pick up the a sword of truth and a blessed breastplate of righteousness and, and, and your feet shod with the preparation. He says, I've given you the tools. Understand where the battlefield is. Use the tools that I've given you. I got to get out of here. Okay. Uh, 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 understand the battlefield. The enemy will start with your thoughts. Second, you need to strengthen yourself in the Lord. What do we do when what we're seeing isn't lining up with what we know? Raise your hand if you're married. Hallelujah. Um, Raise your hand if you've been married a while. Hallelujah. Okay, cool. So we all know, wives don't move, we all know that it is possible to be married and not happy. Yeah? So y'all wasn't supposed to say nothing. Y'all wasn't supposed to say nothing. We all know that it's possible to be married and not having happy. In other words, you can have a legal status that is not equal to your present experience. Okay? The paper may declare you to be something, but your experience says something else. Christ has made every believer a conqueror legally. It is your legal status. When you said, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and purpose, personal Savior, it is your legal status. Um, But that doesn't necessarily mean what your experience is. And David found himself in a similar situation, and he chose to do something. 1 Samuel verses 30, verse 6, I'm going to breeze through because in a minute y'all are going to start walking out. Uh, uh, 30, verse 6, and David was greatly distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him. Well, why would they stone him? Well, he went away to war. He wound up not going to war. He comes back. All of the men's wives and children have been taken. All of their spoils, everything have been taken. And so the men come back from the battlefield and their people have been taken. And so they're like, we going to kill him. And David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughter. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. This word strengthen means to be established. It means to fasten yourself upon. It means to fortify yourself. So David strengthened himself. He established himself. He fashioned himself upon. He fortified himself in the Lord his God. David was a victor. He had won many battles. But in the moment where he was fearing for his life, in a, pl- in a moment of deep trouble, in a moment of deep sorrow, David's reaction to his circumstance shows us what our response has to be when our reality isn't lining up with our legal status. The scripture says David strengthened himself in the Lord. He fortified himself. He uh, fastened himself upon the Lord. How did he do that? He began reminding himself 
of everything that the Lord had done. He reminded himself of who he was. He reminded himself of the faithfulness of the Lord. He reminded himself that the Lord was with him. He reminded himself that the Lord had brought him out of many battles. He reminded himself that the Lord continued to wake him up. He reminded himself of all the impossible situations that he faced that the Lord had brought him out of previously and he began to strengthen himself or fortify himself in the Lord. He He reminded himself that he had a savior on his side that he could run to in the face of adversity and in the midst of adverse situations. Our response as conquerors in weak moments should be to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Remind yourself of the goodness and the faithfulness of God and the continual victory that we have in God. And what happens is when we're in the valley, we forget that we had to come down from the mountaintop. So there was a victory that we had. And for some of us, you don't understand, Pastor, that victory was a long time ago. It don't matter. You had a victory. Remind yourself of the victory. Remind yourself of his faithfulness. Remind yourself of how good he's been in spite of your situation. You need to fortify yourself. You need to strengthen yourself in the Lord. I got to get out of here. I'm going to let y'all read these verses on your own. 1 Samuel 30, verse 7 through 8. 17 through 19, worship team, you can come. The next thing David did, he sought the Lord. The next thing that we need to do is seek the Lord. The scripture said David inquired of the Lord. The next thing he did, he inquired of the Lord. Sometimes when we're facing battles, we're so busy facing, we're so busy trying to figure it out that we forget to ask the Lord, what should we do? Lord, what would you have me to do? We run around like a chicken with our head cut off trying to figure, Lord, gee, what is it? Uh, Maybe I need to, let me make some calls. Let me do some things. Let me tell some peoples. What would happen if in the midst of your thing, you stop and ask the Lord, God, what would you have me to do? The next thing David did was he sought the Lord's direction. He sought the Lord's direction, and the Lord said, hey, you know what? I got you. I want you to go down there, and, and, and I'm going to be with you when you go down there. And I'm going to be with you, and you will not lose one person, and you will gain everything back that you lost. And those people who you think are dead, they are alive, and I will bring them back to you. But he knew how to move in the midst of a situation because he sought the Lord's direction. Lord, what would you have me to do? Sometimes we get, we may, you may have something from a doctor and the doctor may give you a report and you trying to figure it out. No, Lord, what would you have me to do? Because I know you created the doctor and I know you created these pills and you created this procedure and you created this, but what would you have me to do? And some of us, Pastor, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Seek the Lord's direction. And lastly, you need to remember who's with you. 
you need to remember who's with you. Understand the battlefield. Once you understand that battlefield is in your mind, begin strengthening yourself in the Lord. As you're strengthening yourself in the Lord, seek the Lord for direction. And then you need to remember who's with you. And I'm going to close tonight the same way I closed last week. A lot of y'all wasn't here because it was youth night. And y'all figured y'all want to stay home. So y'all didn't hear this. But I'm going to end it the same way. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. Jesus came up and said to them, All authority, all power of absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Help them to learn of me. Believe in me and obey my words, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And here it is right here. And lo, I am with you always. I am remaining with you perpetually, regardless of circumstance, on every occasion, even to the end of the age. It wasn't your greatness that caused you to get the last victory, and it won't be your greatness that gets you this one. Remember who was with you. I get it. It's bad. I get it. It seems impossible. I get it. You may have even lost faith that a victory is even possible. But this is what he says. He says, always. He says, remaining with you perpetually. He says, regardless of circumstance. He says, on every occasion. He says, even to the end of the age. Tonight, my prayer for you is that you will remember, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you have faced, no matter what you may be going through, God is with you. You are victorious. You are more than a conqueror. And no matter what the enemy tries to throw at you, no matter what things he tries to suggest, no matter how long you might feel that you're in the the valley season, it doesn't even matter. The Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. You are more than Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word.